Hello and welcome to the BSG Podcast. I'm your host, Chase, and with me today is Quinn. How are you doing today, Quinn? I'm doing good, doing good. If you don't know, we're an informative bi-weekly podcast focused on gaming news and discussions. On Mondays, we go over the news for the week, covering everything gaming, without the BS, of course. And on Wednesdays, we pick up a juicy topic to cover and give our half informed opinions so since today is monday we're going to be covering the news and this is going to be the news from the 29th to the 5th from july 29th to the 5th of august and quinn why don't you give us what our top stories of the week are so the top stories coming up is that the top (laughs) top stories coming up is that the top republican minority leader kevin mccarthy believes video games will incite future mass shootings A 16-year-old won $3 million playing Fortnite recently, and the new controversy around white phosphorus in the newest COD game. If you want to get a hold of us, you can get a hold of us on Twitter. You can get us at BS Gamers Podcast. Make sure to send us a tweet. Send us your opinions about our discussions, about our news. Did you like us? Did you hate it? Anything. And most importantly, because we're a small podcast, we would love it if you left us a review. Everything counts for us. That's very true, Chase. Very true. We're a poor man on the sidewalk shaking our can. Please put your pennies, put your nickels, whatever you got. We'll take it. (laughs) All right. You ready to jump in? Let's go. For games that came out this week, we have Forger, a game that has been previously been on the PC out now for Switch and PS4. We also have Oxygen Not Included coming out on PC, and we also have Madden NFL 20 for Xbox One and PS4. Getting on to some news. Like I said before, Call of Duty Modern Warfare has some controversy around using white phosphorus in the game. The game actually announced that white phosphorus will be a new usable killstreak in the multiplayer modes, so I'll be able to kill other players with white phosphorus, and that's where the quote-unquote controversy arises. Um, The controversy is also about that if that level of devastation should be allowed, or if it is too realistic or too brutal, perhaps, for players to be using that type of technology against each other. But this isn't the first time Call of Duty has seen some sort of controversy around their weaponry. We've seen flamethrowers, napalm, and nuclear weapons be talked about before in past Call of Duties. But something that Chase and I have looked into is that it seems like this news and the controversy surrounding it has sort of been drummed up by the media a little bit. And there aren't actually a lot of people offended by this because it is Call of Duty and there have been weapons in the past where the whole point of the game is to kill other people using different weaponry. So it is sort of a uh, controversial thing within itself if this controversy is actually a controversy. Alan Wake and For Honor are now free on the Epic Game Store for a limited time. So this week you can pick up Alan Wake and For Honor. Alan Wake is a 2010 action horror game. And we also have For Honor, which is a multiplayer medieval combat game that was released back in 2017. However, it has been free to be downloaded before, I believe, on Uplay. Is that correct, Quinn? Yep, that is correct. All right. Ninja, Twitch's previous poster child, has signed exclusively with Mixer. Mixer is Microsoft's answer to Amazon's streaming platform Twitch, and it seems like Mixer is focused on bringing larger content creators to the platform. It was previously Xbox-focused, but now is focusing on all sorts of games from all sorts of platforms. Ninja previously had 14.7 million followers on Twitch, and we'll see how that goes for him in the future. So some big devastation down in El Paso, Texas, where a mass shooting occurred and over 20 people were killed and many were injured. This is, besides that devastation and many others that have occurred this week, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy speculates that video games could be the culprit to not only these shootings, but to future mass shootings. So we will be going over this in the discussion section and get into more depth about what this means and how this relates to video games and the mass shootings. In other news, GameStop lays off tons of regional sales supervisors, including regional, district, HR, and loss prevention leaders. They say this is due to the cutbacks they're having to make as digital sales increase and physical copies decrease. 
Sony has actually said that over 50% of their games purchased are digital. So this seems like the industry is going this way and GameStop is trying to adapt. We talked about this last week, but GameStop's stock has decreased quite a bit and it is three cents away from its all-time low. While still small comparatively, there are now over 65 gaming companies in Wales. The Welsh people believe that their infrastructure and universities help provide strong game designers and engineers. It is reported that their earnings are going to grow from £110 billion to £144 billion in 2021. A very interesting thing to hear about concerning our past podcasts about Brexit. Kyle Giersdorf just recently won $3 million in a Fortnite tournament. He's a 16-year-old from Pennsylvania and was the last person standing in a 100-player battle royale. Insane. That number, 3 million, is actually more than the winnings earned by Kerber and Djokovic after winning Wimbledon, which is pretty crazy. There were over $30 million in the total prize pool at stake, this marks the largest esports prize pool to date, and esports prize pools and winnings are set to grow as they're supposed to reach $1.1 billion by the end of 2019. This is up by 27% from last year. Pokemon Go surpasses 1 billion downloads. So if you're playing Pokemon Go like me, be sure to start fighting against Team Go Rocket, along with getting your shinier Quaza. During an earnings call, Sony's chief financial officer stated that if the tariffs pass in the U.S., Sony's products will increase. As some of you might know, Trump's administration has proposed a tariff with taxes on China imports by 10 to 25 percent. And as stated before in one of our previous episodes, these tariffs could cost U.S. consumers $1 billion in 2020. Google is coming out with PlayPass to compete against Apple Arcade. If you don't know what Apple Arcade or PlayPass are, they are essentially storefronts on your Android or iOS device where you can play games through a subscription. Now, we don't know everything about Apple Arcade yet, but PlayPass, Google's own storefront, is thinking about making it $5 a month for subscription services and will have games such as Stardew Valley and Risk and they will also have over 100 exclusive games on their store. Over 2,000 private details of game journalists, video producers, and content creators that attended E3 have been leaked. E3 had a public link available on their website to a document that included home addresses, email addresses, and phone numbers to over 2,000 of these people. The link was made so publishers and developers could reach out to these people to extend private invites to events or viewings, but obviously that seemed to, has, to have backfired. The link has been removed, and the Entertainment Software Association has made an official apology, stating there hasn't been an issue for over 20 years, and they've done their best to remedy the problem and prevent it from happening ever again in the future. Now that brings us to a close on the news segment. We're going to take a quick break and be back to talk about the news and give our opinions completely full of BS. So stay tuned for that. Oh boy, this will be fun. So today we're going to be talking about some interesting news that has been, you know, you could say terrible to happen. Unfortunately, it's not new in the United States with these mass shootings that have been occurring, but it is also not new that it generally gets blamed on video games. And we're here to talk about that a little bit because, you know, we're going to talk about a little bit of the past about how you know, video games have always been on the back burner or something to blame. It's always kind of like the, I think you could say the poster child of being blamed for uh, types of sh for shootings that have occurred in the United States and maybe not, you know, gun control. 
Yeah, it's the easy thing to fall back on is that it used to be back in the day it was violent movies and then violent video games became the thing. It's the easy thing to point the finger at. It makes a ton of money. It had there is a lot of violence in video games and so it's easy. I think it is easy for people to draw that connection. But like Chase's mentioned is that it's it's not really the the problem. So you might be seeing some videos, especially if you go to like news sources, they're they're having these videos where they're saying uh, maybe video games is the problem. Like these these first person shooters are super violent. But if you go back into like the eighties and whatnot, and you look at like um, when let me think about it. ah right it was the arcade it was the arcade games so there was these type of arcade games that were um you can say casino related and it was actually banned in new york right and they 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 blamed that you know playing these type of games that are um casino related may incite people to play um may, may them make them gamblers okay but this is clearly not true and then later new york repealed it and so now this is a similar front now where we're having in the past even where video games uh, are being blamed for, for violence. You had like Manhunt. Manhunt actually got banned in Australia uh, because of its violence. Um, however, there are, um, you could say, um, what do you call them, Quinn? The... That, I don't know, Quinn. What do you call? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to the remember. The main thing, word. though, is regardless of like, I understand like drawing the connection between like, here's a gambling game and people are going to become gamblers. Even you could talk about um, GTA doing this in, in present time. But the, the main thing is that video game violence is often picked on and, th- and thrown around, especially by the media, because it's an easy thing to get people riled up about. It gets people watching the media and gets parents concerned and fearful of their kids playing violent video games. But there's been tons and tons of studies on this, and they all point that to the same thing. That was the word thing. I was looking for. <laughs> right. Like, I don't know why you're talking about gambling uh, in the 80s. No one was alive in the 80s. Shut up. Quit. No. So the reason why I was relating to it is because they were trying to find a connection between uh, gambling and playing video games. Right. And then there was essentially no correlation, even though New York banned it. Right. Uh, and then later, now we had that there was a um, a court hearing about violent video games being connected to having the impulses of, you know, essentially murdering people or having that desire right. to do it. And there was no correlation. And in fact, I was just looking at um, not particularly a study, but more like a news source about that study. And they were saying that video games may actually um, reduce, like violent video, not violent video games necessarily, but video games may actually reduce the desire impulse to to do hate crimes, essentially. Mm. Which, while maybe not all mass shootings relate to that, but um, hate-related stuff may. So what the, the source was about was that they were trying to see if playing uh, certain video games... Um, reduce the amount of um uh i guess tweets reddit and other things that you say that are hateful on it and they found that it reduces it by 67 percent um how much right you I, I don't know that that really correlates 100 percent. it's either. not no 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 no. it doesn't it doesn't correlate directly but it suggests that maybe there should be more stuff being studied about that and seeing if actually it does if there is, because we know that there is no correlation based on other studies, but right. we don't have any. And it's hard to actually do a study and say, like, video games uh, directly reduce the amount of crime someone is going to do or whatnot, because that's that's really hard to kind of like come up with how to figure that out. Right. But so the, the main study that came out, I believe it came out either. I think it came out last year. I think it came out last year. And unfortunately, I don't have it on hand because I I. I wasn't expecting to bring this up, I guess, because I thought you had it. Um, but the main study, the like newest and most accurate study with the largest, uh, like, what are they called? Largest base of people in it showed that for the average person, violent video games reduce stress. But for, this is the, this is the concerning part, even like... It makes sense, right? So, but for the average person with a normal, like, psyche, 
it's fine. It's perfectly normal. For someone who has mental uh, instability to begin with, it can increase or support their violent behavior. But that is like a completely different thing. It's basically saying, like the study basically said, like we need, like the people that have mental issues need need support. (laughs) Right. Like we, we need to support these people that have mental issues and find, especially kids, kids that have, are, are very mentally unstable. We need to identify and help them because they're the ones that are going to be affected by anything, whether it's uh, explicit music, violent movies, violent video games, violent comic books, whatever, wherever they get their media, they're going to be influenced to in a more negative way or, or more highly impacted than a normal person. And now I understand that video games are far more interactive than other forms of media, but then how come those guys don't get any shit on for their violence or like when you read a book in school and that there there's no like okay i know huckleberry finn is you know not is a very important book but when you read it it, it has a lot of crazy shit happening in it and then yeah, but you it's know not, that doesn't it's not, but it's not the, white phosphorus violence no but my 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 point in that is that just because i read that book doesn't mean i'm going to be thinking about hating black people in any way or form no that's not the point right but but there's all well also that book was about the opposite thing it is but my point is that it exists in that book like there is hatred books are banned films are banned all the time especially in schools so it's not like there is that stuff but to a lesser extent and i think you already gave away your answer to your own question was that games are way more interactive you are doing the killing you are doing the shooting. You aren't listening or reading or watching someone else do it. But when you, you read a actively... book, if you read a book, you can be imagining what's going on in that book. And that may right, be Right, but more... you're not imagining yourself per se. In a movie, guess, you, sure. in, in Call of Duty Modern Warfare, I think it's Modern Warfare 2, you, the person, the player, literally mow down an entire airport of civilians. I agree. It's <laughs> you, you. You're not reading a book where uh, Chase himself goes into an airport and mows down an entire airport of civilians. But I guess at the and same you, time you, you can say that that make actual the choice person... in wait in the Modern Warfare Two. I believe it's Modern Warfare Two. I don't. It could be. I think it's Modern Warfare Two, not Modern Warfare Modern Warfare Two. You can not shoot those civilians, but as the player in the context of the game, you feel the need to shoot all these civilians. Same thing with Spec Ops The Line. The whole thing about um, the players, when playing a game, there's a mindset where you are shooting to shoot, right? You're not thinking about your actions. And I think that's what people are concerned about. And I think like there, there's definitely merit in trying to think that way, but the, the data suggests otherwise, right? So yes, the violent video games in, in a gaming context promote you to in another game like let's say you play Fortnite, right and you the the objective of the game is to kill everyone and be the last one standing right you go and play you carry that to another game you're going to think i need to kill other players to be the winner right so in a game by game basis yes that that knowledge influences other gaming knowledge but yeah it doesn't influence real life knowledge because the the objective in real life is not to kill everyone to win Right. So there are different objectives. And I think objectives in video games can cross between games. And but I don't think, well, obviously, the data doesn't show that killing someone gives doesn't give you the same reward as killing someone in real life. That's just not how it works. And I think that's how our brains work is that we're looking for how do we get the reward? And if we know in a game the to get the reward, you need to do X, Y, and Z, you're going to do X, Y, and Z. And we know that there is a a play world reward system, an objective system, and a real life reward system, an objective system. But the only time those two can cross and have issues is when the person is mentally unstable. It would be also interesting to see how this relates to the military in the future. I guess segments because uh, military do the military as well as like other 
um, like for security when they prepare you, they actually use video games to help you prepare to who right. is a distinct between right. you know enemies. And, America's Army. Yeah. Yeah, all those games are uh, just propaganda to get you to join the army. <laughs> and so it it almost seems like in some ways they are trying to sometimes go into this gray area where you don't know which is reality and virtual. But I mean, in some sense, we the normal human being can find that distinction as you were saying before it's only people with maybe mental issues who have right. that issue and i think that comes down to not video games being the problem but maybe either a bad parenting or b you know going to a doctor when you see that there's something wrong or maybe or like the u.s healthcare system yeah and how we deal with uh like obviously we don't give a damn about um mental stability and mental health i mean we have a huge homeless issue and the vast majority of homeless people are homeless because of mental health issues and we don't care and some of them are even army veterans who who attained a lot of them a lot of them are veterans yeah we don't care and we're like no we don't yeah we just leave them on the side of the road so it's very it's 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 weird how it's weird how like like you say the army can recruit people or, or try to recruit kids, right? By by building up being in the military like a cool video game character, right? But mm-hmm. then at the same time, outside that kid's window is like an army veteran who has mental health issues and is homeless. It's like so it's so weird. Yeah. Um so maybe to kind of I guess bring this r- around the the whole point that we're having about this conversation is that it's far more complex than what the minority leader Kevin McCarthy is saying about uh, mass shootings and video right. games, and he's essentially talking out of his ass and should be more worried about you know the El Paso uh, a shooting and you know taking care of these people. That's far more important right. than trying to, I guess you can almost relate to how. Quinn was talking earlier about fake news. It's kind of like you're you're bringing something into the mix that doesn't need to be talked about. You know, it, there was I no think point. Like, yeah, first and foremost, it should be about the people that were affected. First and foremost. Second, if you're going to speak, you need to have, especially in if you are representing the Republican Party in Congress you need to have your sources and your data to back you up. And especially when you're speaking right after a tragedy, it's kind of, it's like if someone got up at a, at a tragedy, tragedy, right? And talked about how, how this all was happened because God, right? Like, it's like saying, oh, this, this town, this town was not a God willing town. And we really need to improve our religious sector here. You know what I'm thinking about? Like, what else is worse is that when you watch the news, you know, one of the things that the news asks is why and not what is happening sometimes. Like, why did the mass shooter do this? And, like, that sometimes becomes a uh, news, like, stronghold for, like, a week where all it is is why did he do this? And they try and go and search for it for the entire time rather than, like... Oh, a lot of people have actually recovered. Everyone's doing better now. That's not the breaking news. Well, th- that's the uh, other thing is that the media is such a, a toxic thing in the U.S. and even in in places like the U.K. as well, where the uh, this has shifted a little bit, but the focus is on the killer, which essentially gives the killer what they were after. Right? Like, if you want to. This is this is the mindset. This is the path that a lot of I th- I think at least a lot of mass shooting killers go down. Is that my life doesn't amount to anything? How can I make it the most valuable? How how can I make it the most valuable? And the way you do that is it is a lot easier to be infamous than to be famous. And so you take out as many people as possible. You get circulated on the news for weeks and weeks and weeks. Until the and, next mass shooting happens. And then, right. And we have you, 500 you get, fucking shit. We have you're put down in history. 
uh, as this infamous person. Yeah. And I think that's how a lot of people reason it out in their heads when they're going through this, like, like it, it's one thing to kill yourself, right? But it's another thing to kill other people. There is some sort of other motive going on, whether that's um, hatred or seeking something. That's why repeat shoot, not repeat shootings, but follow-up shootings, copycat shootings, mass shootings happen, is that you get these this circulation of news going about focusing on the killer and why and how many people died because of this person and then that's why you have a shooter a week later boom trying to trying to rake up um you know more news and like trying to be as infamous as that other person in a way right like you see it as an opportunity to make something of your life even if it's a negative thing you see it as an opportunity to make something of your life and the news promotes that to you and then you go for that. But if, it, like you said, if it was focused on the people affected and how they're doing and how this town's going to recover or the school's going to recover, that is a lot harder for someone with like a uh, mental instability to look at and say, I want to do that because you're looking at the victims and not the killer. All right, but that's a that's a whole lot of BS. By the way, this is just me talking my opinions. Who knows? Let's, There's no studies on this stuff. It's super complicated, like Chase said. Yeah, let's maybe move on to something. I guess let me let me just say lighter. one more thing, if I can. <laughs> and this is just about the Call of Duty thing. And I think it's it's interesting to look at how the white phosphorus in Call of Duty is being made into this controversial thing by the media. If I looked on Twitter, I scrolled and scrolled and scrolled to see if anyone was talking about it being controversial to them, if they were impacted by white phosphorus and Call of Duty, and I couldn't find any. I really couldn't find any, which makes me think it is just media buzz to talk about Call of Duty in a controversial way to get people to read uh, articles, get people to watch videos, and... It's almost like one-to-one that, right? Taking mm-hmm. a violent video game and finding something controversial about it, quote-unquote, and trying to run with that, with the media trying to run with that specifically, and then on a larger country, potentially national, international basis, the media trying to run with video game violence as the cause of a, a real-life shooting. I don't know. No, I I agree. It's just stirring up the pot, and uh, I think I think we've established that that there's no, it's unfounded. Is the point? Cook something else. That stew's been stirring for years. <laughs> All right, let's let's move on to something a little bit lighter uh, in retrospect, or I guess lighter hearted. You know, so we got the sixteen year old. You know, winning three million dollars, which is the most that. Uh, has ever been made compared to video game kyle kyle 16 year old kyle (laughs) and i mean we're comparing this to other sports since uh i guess in a weird way and it's because it's not really a sport but it is an e-sport it's an electronic sport sport, yes so we relate it we relate it to sports and one thing that's been awesome is that games such or sorry uh sports such as tennis where Novak Djokovic makes about $2 million. I know he made like, like it was record-breaking, I think back in 2014, 15, something like that, when the Australian Open reached $2 million in prize money for the top player. Right. Um, And now we have that um, Kyle... And the Fortnite community itself, the in the esports, is making over thirty million dollars, and then Kyle himself is making three million dollars from this event, and so that's that's just ridiculous. Um, right, and it's 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 good to it's honestly because of Fortnite success that this is happening, which is kind of crazy. Like, as if you dislike Fortnite, if you like Fortnite, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I don't it's even like It's good Fortnite. that Fortnite was so successful that it could push esports to this point. Yeah, so what what does this mean to the community is like a good question because first of all, this is helping Epic Games launch its storefront. 
Um, this is helping Epix becoming a much bigger, um, I guess, company. Because without Fortnite, it would not be as big as it is today. And right. they're continuing to promote this. So it, it's going to be interesting how, like, as Fortnite gets bigger, I guess maybe even how do other companies get in get in on the esports thing? Because we've, right. we've now clearly seen... Uh, and I think it had over 15 million viewers. Does that sound it, right? Yes, it, it set the record for concurrent viewers on Twitch. So because of that, maybe other sports. I know Rocket League is already you know doing decently, but not nothing compared to Fortnite in this sense. But how are other uh, esports going to compare? Because now we see that uh, it is possible for a game for esports to make not only money off of it but to to do to get a lot of viewers to watch this similar to how like soccer and other sports are being watched and i have a prediction and it makes me sad because this is this goes back to our epic versus steam debate quote unquote i don't know if it was a debate but um i think epic is going to start promoting exclusive games in as as they've been doing with Fortnite in an esports esports sense meaning that they'll like ask for exclusivity from a game in return they'll use their esports knowledge to push the game's esports to as far as it can go and I think we might see this. We might might see Rocket League as an example of this because uh, first Epic example. Games does own Psionics, and yeah. so because Epic Games owns Psionics, Psionics owns Fortnite. Excuse me, uh, Rocket League. So uh, yeah, we will definitely probably see it a lot more prevalent in the esports. Yeah, and probably I hope get to something of similar level to Fortnite because I love that game. <laughs> and it's it's kind of sad in a way because epic is the only one reaching this level of prize pool so it's concerning because who's going to compete right if epic says if epic says we will basically do all the esports thing for your game if you make yourself exclusive to us I can't really see too many other companies competing because there are things like Blizzard, which has like a full, every player in the Overwatch League is salaried. And they do, I do believe they have like prize pools, but they're not nearly as big as 30 million. And I don't know that they have the money to make the prize pools very much bigger, right? Like Fortnite has the most earnings of a game pretty much I, I i believe in the last year for a multiplayer game fortnite has made the most money i can't give a number but i'm pretty sure the second biggest would probably be league of legends right and i think legal either league of legends or dota 2 and i think those their numbers are still quite a bit smaller do you know who owns dota 2 what company uh, valve does okay so they uh, own steam so th- <laughs> this is like the the thing is that i don't know that valve is going to be putting a ton more money into esports for dota 2 or csgo so it's gonna be yeah because for the most part um league of legends although big in other countries i think it's the biggest in china is that is that correct to say uh yeah i think dota 2 and league of legends are super that's where they're in china that that my point is and the funny part is you know tencent is from china and they also more they don't own epic games but they they have a they have a they, they have a really Riot really games small. and they have a fairly large stake in Epic. Games. It's actually fairly small in Epic. It's it's, it's actually like, really small. Is it not like ten percent, eleven percent at least? Um, I'll check it while we I talk think about it's like this stuff. Four, to, either, either I remember four, so it was either fourteen or four. But I, I think it was it wasn't nearly to a majority. No, nothing compared to uh, to Riot, Riot games, which is yeah, it had like ninety eight percent. Was there, they purchased ninety eight percent up front, and then they purchased like the last two percent or something later. But yeah, I think it's I think it's so cool and kind of sad that uh, Kyle made three million dollars off playing Fortnite because back in the day, this is 
this is never, this had like 10 years ago, not even 10 years, five years ago, it was unheard of for a tournament to offer $1 million in its entire prize pool. Um, Quinn, just to say, Tencent owns a 40% stake of Epic Games. 40%? Yes. I just looked that up on Ep- on uh, Wikipedia. I remember a four, but I thought it was like 14 or four. Damn. Uh, they bought it last year. Tim Sweeney Damn. owns more than 50% and Tencent owns 40%. Wow. Yeah. That's a whole other thing we should talk about at some point. <laughs> That's scary as fuck. <laughs> yeah, is that China owns all of owns all US games. And wait, doesn't Tencent also have a stake in Activision, which is like part of Blizzard or something like that? Activision owns Blizzard, yeah. Hold on. I'm gonna look that up as well. <laughs> that is <laughs> Yeah. Um because if that's true, how much they own, then that, that, that's, you, like you said, you said that most of the market is more or less owned by, uh, for esports by Activision um, or Blizzard. Right. The, the, the only person that can really compete, right, would be if Microsoft made uh, an esports league out of one of their games. So maybe the new Halo that comes out, like if they really put a ton of money into Halo. But I don't see them putting over $100 because that's what Epic did. The first year of Fortnite, they put $100 million into esports instantly. So and, uh, I don't know. It was know the right that, move. <laughs> it was the right, the right move, move. potentially. And it, so I don't know that Microsoft's going to put $100 million into esports for Halo when they might not even make, like, how much money are they going to make? It's It might even be, I don't know that they'll make a billion dollars off of Halo. So it's kind of like... It depends if they have microtransactions and whatnot, because I think that's one of the biggest reasons Right, but why they might have microtransactions, but they're not going to have a model as successful as Fortnite's microtransactions, I, I don't think, where they have new skins coming out every single week. I don't think Halo can do that. Like, there isn't... That's the thing, is that Fortnite has... It has a lot of variety it, in it that allows you to It do has this. the developer base to update the game all the time. It has the player base that exceeds any game right now besides like maybe dota 2 or uh, league of legends and it has a ton of money behind it and like maybe microsoft has money but they don't have the player base of fortnite right now and they won't because it's it's a mic it's a xbox exclusive game and uh yeah that's gonna be they're not gonna have the developer base to make microtransactions new available microtransactions every week so it's like Fortnite, Epic and Fortnite are kind of the the perfect combo right now to to basically own the esports space in the future if they so desire. Um, besides Tencent, but I guess Tencent, or like you said, owns forty percent of Epic and owns Riot Games to begin with, so they could potentially have the two work together in some some form. But the only one that isn't really in this mix is valve and valve as we've seen has sort of not, not been doing smartest. well they're not the yeah smartest. they've been they've been dropping the ball a lot so and in some ways it's not the the worst thing because they're like we're gonna stick with the model that has been working for us and we're not gonna go crazy because i think their idea is they want to make passive money and that and they just stick with that although you did say that uh steam and slash valve is going to be updating i guess the storefront or doing something major changes coming yeah, soon? yeah. Has they've been, been they've been working on some of this stuff for a long time but the thing is not only that changing the steam store isn't going to revolutionize steam right it might not it's not going to get new people to go to steam because pretty much if you have a pc you have steam installed well right? my point my point was uh i shouldn't have said storefront um are they doing anything new soon because they like you've said in uh one of our previous episodes they've done a lot in like they've done a lot but the and... the thing that they like outside of this uh, the steam application the thing they have on epic right now is that steam and valve is pretty much integral to the success of vr at the moment mm, which is not they doing are, the greatest <laughs> which either. is not doing the greatest so 
it's kind of like they've they've picked all these different areas to pursue but none of them are panning out and they have like they launched two games this year or maybe maybe it's one game this year and one game last year but they had artifact come out and artifact did really poorly even though i really liked the game but the game did so so poorly and then they had to like recover with dota underlords but dota underlords came out at a weird time where it owns the mobile space in a way but it doesn't own the desktop space because teamfight tactics with league of legends is is has the auto chess um is sort of owning auto chess so it's just like this weird, like Valve needs to pick up their crap and really start running with it because Epic is just going to take the cake, I think. it's It looks like Epic is is owning the space in esports. It's going to try and own the space or at least own part of the space in just the PC marketplace. It has the largest free-to-play game ever created. I don't know, man what do you want from me (laughs) (laughs) all right well i'll say the last thing to answer a question that i i asked earlier and then we can move on but uh tencent owns five percent of activision um, activision so i think that's where you were thinking about it's 4.9 so that was the four that was coming oh they both had fours in it so it's not much but yeah again we'll 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 keep tabs on this like everything else Right, and that that number could go up. Like I mean, like you said, it it increased its um, its stake in Epic a lot last year. Mm-hmm. So it could just do the same with Activision. But I, if Ten Cent's a smart company, which I f- feel like they are, um, they're going to see that Activision isn't really pumping out anything good. Maybe the newest Modern Warfare really takes off, and it, there's a potential there. I'm actually getting a little bit excited about it. But yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see what the future holds. Yeah, I guess we will. So right. you want to talk about one more thing? No, I think we're good. You think you're good, huh? Yeah, we actually answered everything. How about, let's touch a little bit on the tariff situation. Okay, so we, on a previous episode, I think it was a I think it was our news first segment. news episode. Yeah, we were talking about how essentially the United States wants to put a tariff on Chinese imports and how this affects the video game industry because a lot of consoles and hardware is made in China. Mm -hmm. (coughs) Excuse me. And so because of that, uh, it could increase how much we're paying during the perhaps even the Christmas sale by one billion dollars. I believe was how much we calculated. Yeah, it, it was I believe eight hundred and ninety million or something around there. It, it's a very large number, and yeah. so now we got a little bit more information about it that China's imports could be taxed somewhere between ten and twenty five percent. So that's kind of an update, essentially, on what's going on, and. It's been responded by Sony, PlayStation, Nintendo, Nintendo, uh, and Microsoft. They banded together essentially and said, you're going to fuck up a lot of people's jobs. You know, this is like the biggest uh, moneymaker for the United States uh, in the entertainment industry. So you do not want to mess this up especially with us it's not going to make us happy essentially so they wrote a letter of some form like that uh you can i would recommend listening to the podcast episode where we go into depth about like how this affects jobs and how much how many jobs actually got affected but the the point of this is that sony is looking to pass on these tariffs to us and honestly i can't blame them (laughs) Right, because they... the, the the new news on this is that Sony said it is going to like it's there's no question, like and we haven't heard exactly from Microsoft or um, Nintendo if they plan on passing all of those import percentages and taxes onto the consumer, but Sony says it's increasing its prices. If that happens, it just has to. And I and I can't blame them because let's say the PlayStation Five comes out. We know from previous uh, console generations that they sell them at a very reduced cost and just hope to make the money back from selling video games. Right. And so, 
if they absorbed the cost of the tariff and let's say it was 25%, they're definitely going to maybe not go under, but really get hurt by how much of the increase that is. So I, as much as I don't want anything console related or gaming related to increase because of uh, tariff prices or the, on these uh, Chinese imports, I agree that that's what the best method. But it's going to, as we've mentioned in the podcast beforehand, that it may take out a quarter of the of gamers, essentially, of people purchasing because it's just going to cost too much. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing, too, is that this ties into GameStop and potentially, like, if consoles cost too much and they're not being purchased and GameStop doesn't make money on digital sales, like, that's, uh, I'm sure it's going to hurt them even oh, more. Man. It's going to hurt other places. It's going to hurt GameStop hard. Yeah. Because, as we know, most games are uh, digital and right. those shouldn't change price necessarily because of, in, uh, of uh the tariff right uh, because you just you just do it in your own your own country and then you just right. make it inside your your server and then you send it to wherever right. so yeah it's going to be more prevalent to download games if well, i don't know that I, I think the physical copies will stay the same because you can make the physical copies in the u.s um that that isn't an issue because you just download the information onto a disc and then wrap it and then sell it but but then you have to actually, uh, I guess, hire someone or let, let's say hypothetically, I'm not I can't argue this because I don't really have enough information. But like, let's say that most of the industry is not in the United States and there's not enough like and they had to move to some other country to essentially uh, make the seat, the disc, et cetera, et cetera. And, and then put right these like it could down. be they could all come from China. I don't know. Yeah. But I think the main the main hurt point is going to be consoles. And the thing is, too, is that this means if they're still making PlayStation 4s right now, Five. the price of PlayStation 4s is going to go up. Yes. And then if the PlayStation 5 is currently going to Being be made, like if they already made the deal with China to be made in there, then they're going to they can change the price whenever they fucking want. Right. So I would change it the moment they find out that the tariffs are going to be. I mean, this this imports. essentially affects anyone. If anyone is making, if Oculus is making their hardware in China, Oculus for VR is going to suffer. It's just it, any anyone making their stuff in China is just going to suffer. That's just how it is. And hypothetically, if the point of this was to perhaps make companies move to other countries or at least like maybe back to the united states because i think it's always like there is an advantage to doing imports especially if it's better in your own country than others right but most likely the u.s isn't the best country to uh manufacture stuff it's probably going to just be some other country right well like we don't want the factories and the pollution and the poor work environments and stuff like that so we just export it for cheaper yeah Oh, yeah, so or import it or import cheaper. and yeah and we're just gonna throw it on to someone else so in the end right. this really doesn't change anything this is not well i don't know enough about taxes and politics but i don't it doesn't sound to me like a good deal right so i think i think maybe what might be better is giving tax breaks to u.s-based companies to promote u.s industry but not to hurt imports or at least these maybe types like the of imports. brexit plan and then france taking over maybe that idea is that is that an exact model of what you're thinking about no yeah. that's 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 the opposite that this, that's the basically the tariffs but backwards like, right but like france is is, is like promoting by oh yeah yeah deals. well yeah kind of like france basically saying like hey if you if you're going to make your industry in the U.S. give you U.S. citizens jobs, etc., you can get a bigger tax break or something. Yeah, so they're giving positive, like right. it's almost it's like positive, positive reinforcement, reinforcement instead of negative reinforcement. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's I, I like how we yeah, both parenting one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's a. I think the the world of gaming is changing in a lot of different ways and. Maybe even with things like um, Stadia, right? Like where 
you'll only have to buy this small device and yeah it might be the price might go up by 10% but it's still less than 100 bucks to play your games might be just a cheaper option for consoles instead of spending $600 on a PS5 yeah we might just see everything being streamed yeah, yeah. maybe 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 Google knew this maybe Google <laughs> maybe they've fucking been, knew they've been supporting the tariffs <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh. Well, we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have to see as time goes on, and we'll keep everyone updated. I mean, I think we're keeping, we're doing a good job of staying on the epic thing and staying on the the tariff thing. So I think we we got it. We'll keep it updated. Yeah. Well, on that note, I hope you enjoyed our podcast. I want to thank you guys for listening to this. If you want to get a hold of us, the best way is to go on Twitter and follow send- us on Twitter. <laughs> at BS Gamer Podcast. Come on. Oh, BS you're Gamers. so excited. Yeah, but the po- the more important part is maybe you should share your opinions and ask us, like, do you think anything that we said is makes sense? You know, most Give of the your time opinion. What do you feel about the tariffs? <laughs> what do you feel about PlayStation? What do you feel about gun violence and video game violence? BS Gamers Podcast. Tweet us. Follow us. Love us. If you do love us, review us. On Apple Podcasts, (laughs) on Google Podcasts, wherever you're listening, give us a review. They help a ton. Chase knows. Chase is poor. I'm poor. We need those reviews. (laughs) Uh, You know what's funny, Quentin? You kind of remind me of those ads where they're uh, they're saying, at BS Gamers Podcast, at BS Gamers Podcast, at BS Gamers Podcast. And now it's a subliminal message. But not really. It's more more yelling at them. Do it now. (laughs) Subscribe, follow, donate, review. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed it, and we'll talk to you guys soon. See you later.